following is a message from Praise and Worship, a community of people in Branson, Missouri who are loved by Jesus and joining Him in His mission to bring love and hope to all people. For more information and for more audio and video content, visit www.branson.church. So I want to put a challenge out to you guys. Now, um, I have to tell you, when I was growing up, I went to one of those churches where you had to know how to do the liturgy, and no one would ever tell you. I mean, that was like, it was like, why would you, who would, you're supposed to know this. And so one time I was, one time when I went to church, I was, I, I was bringing friends. I don't know if some of you grew up in churches like that where you're like, how do I do this? How do I bring the friends? And you're constantly helping them find the page in the hymnal and all those kinds of things. Anyway, well, it came to the point when we were going to do the Lord's Prayer, and you're just supposed to know it. So I want, to, I, want to, I want to challenge you to see if you can feel a little bit like you. Now, some of you guys, are, you got the Lord's Prayer. It's like the back of your hand, and you're, like, you're ready to roll it out on, any, on demand. But I want to throw, throw it at me. Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, pretty good. Anybody here feel uncomfortable during that? I'm raising my hand. Yeah, see, this is good. We need to talk about this. Now, all of us grew up in different places in different times and all that, and some of you are like, dude, you asked me to throw down the Lord's Prayer, I got you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm coming at you with some serious Lord's Prayer, and that's great. But, okay, so I'm just, I'm just going to be honest about this, because the purpose of my honesty is to guide us to embrace the teachings of Jesus when he said, this is how you'll pray. And he, said, he, start, he taught us the Lord's Prayer. Okay? So, so I'm, I brought my friend to church. And we're doing the Lord's Prayer. And he's like, looking every direction. And like, how do you do it? I don't know these words. Because he wasn't taught it. And you might make the argument, and it was a good one to make. Well, he needs to learn it. And, and so over time, he did. And that was great. And that's great. But how, it was that feeling before that. It was this feeling of discomfort. I had that feeling right now. Because, you know, obviously now it was so funny. I'll never, I have to tell you this. It's a very true story. So um, I went off to seminary, and I I grew up learning the Lord's Prayer. I have it memorized, all those nine yards, all that that stuff. And yet, I'm not a memory guy. And some of you guys know this to be true. But I work on it. It's like my personal thing, but I'm not a memory guy. And so, so I don't have, like, I can't just whip stuff out, like, unless it's like maybe statistics about the Kansas City Chiefs or something like that. And I can tell you about Derek Thomas' seven-sack day in 1980. But anyway, so the idea is, that's not really a joke. But anyway, so, so I don't remember the things I should. And we're having this thing, so I got, I'm still at seminary, but I'm almost done, and, and I go back to my home congregation, um, and they're, they're like, hey, you, you do the whole thing today, because you're, you're pretty much already ready to go, and, and I'm there, and... And, um, and, and the guy goes, uh, and he goes, and you won't need anything printed for the Lord's Prayer because you already met, you're, you know that. You're, a, you're, a, you're, a, you're almost a pastor. Who, uh, you should know the Lord's Prayer. And when it came time, I was like, eh. And I mean, it just wouldn't come out, right? And so thankfully, you know, the elders took care of it. But I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone thought my Christianity just, they looked at and looked down three levels or something. Yeah, that's right. That's right. 
And so, the, why, do we, why did Jesus teach us this prayer? Did He teach it so we could have it memorized? Did He teach it? And, and I would, by the way, I'm going to say yes to all these things. Having any prayer memorized of any kind is a good thing. As long as we dwell on it in our hearts. You tracking with me? Whether or not you can say the Our Father, as, as some people, some of you guys grew up calling it the Our Father, because that's the first two words, right? Um, or the Lord's Prayer, or whatever. Or some people are like, I don't even know it. I don't even know why people do it. Well, it's because when, you're, when, when the chips are down and you don't know what to do, sometimes you need something that you don't have to think about, right? And you need to be able to say, okay, Our Father, who are in heaven, I'll be thy name, right? You know what I mean? That's kind of where you're, because you're anxious and you're struggling and you need that. And it's a place of comfort, right? But I, you know, I'm just going to, the other, it's not been long ago. Now, just so you know, we plan all this stuff, what we're going to talk about as a church months in advance. And all this was already on the books when three or four weeks ago, and Dave's not here this morning, but Dave Swalby hit me upside the head in Bible study. He's like, why do we always do the Lord's Prayer so much like robots? And that was basically what he said. We just go through the motions. And I'm like, hey, you're preaching the choir, brother, but if you want to find out how a pastor gets fired real fast, go messing with the prayers. You know, that's, that'll do it, right? And, and we, you know, he's like, yeah, but that shouldn't matter. And I'm like, I agree. I said, but the good news, Dave, is we're going to study it. We're going to dive in. Because what this really exposes is not so much about the Lord's Prayer, but about all of our prayers. We struggle with prayer, and we need to know why. You want to know, you want to know why we struggle with prayer? Because we struggle with sin. That's why we struggle with prayer. And so we be open and honest about our brokenness and, we, and, and, and see, here's what thing I'll never forget. Like there was this lady, I used to, we, she was my next door neighbor and sometimes I would stand next to her in church and her, the, she had such pride that when we would begin the, the, the church service, she would close the hymnal. She could do the whole service by memory and I know some of you can too and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But I mean, it was like she had the whole thing memorized. And so in the process, that made me feel like I don't belong here. And what happens is Christians can sometimes, we start to like flex our spiritual muscles a little bit. Like, eh, you know, and we just sort of, you know. And, and I want to put all that in the drawer and I want us to study prayer because we got to learn how to pray. And I'm starting with me. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 23. Now, um, in the Lord's Prayer, you see the title up there. We say, Hallowed be and we typically say thy, because we, we use the Old English, because that's how we grew up. And we were even talking about, is there a day when we should change it to modern English? Hallowed be your name. And should we even say hallowed? Should we say holy? So we got all these questions. But Ezekiel 36 says this. He says, I will show the holiness of my great name, the name you have profaned. Now he's talking to the Israelites, and there are 12 prophet books in the Old Testament that all tell the same story. Plus there are three big ones like Ezekiel, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah. But the 12 ones are all talking about this too. And what are we talking about when we say they profaned his name? So, God said, here's what we're going to do. You're going to be my people and you are going to show my name to the nations. And the way you're going to do it is you're going to have, and he gave them all these laws. These are, you're going to be like this and then that way whenever there's trouble, people will know that you're my people because you will love your neighbor as yourself. What did Israel do? Eh, none of that. I mean, they did it a little for like 20 minutes, but then the rest of the time they, they didn't take care of the poor people. They didn't take care of the people who were in need. 
they were very divisive and very proud people, and they sort of stood on the backs of other people and stood on their necks, and they did not do any of the things that the Lord had said. And so what God says to them, He says, you have profaned my name. Now, you might be thinking, well, I'm not an ancient Israelite. And I'm like, well, me neither. But we struggle with the same challenges. How many times have you heard it said, when you pray, you should always pray in Jesus' name? Right? We, we do this. And so you'll hear me pray. I'll always say, in the name of Jesus, we pray. And I like to say the mighty name of Jesus because people haven't heard that before a lot unless you're around here and then you're tired of hearing it. But the idea is, you, you, you say in Jesus' name. And why do we say that? Because we want everyone to know that we're... We represent Jesus. Do we want everyone to know that we represent Jesus? Because Jesus said, love your neighbor. And he goes, I tell you, love your enemies. You want to get in line with me to go love your enemies? Let's go love our enemies. I mean, like, come on. That's just, why not, wouldn't we? This is the challenge we have. And, but what's interesting is he said, when you, when you stop profaning my name, God says, then they will know. They will know who I am. It's very interesting. I will show myself holy through you. Through you. So when we say, our Father, hallowed be your name, hallowed be thy name, what we're actually asking God to do is to make his name holy through us. Are you really wanting to pray that? Have you thought about that? Some of you guys are like opening up your small catechisms. Is that really what Luther said? Actually, it is. Go check it out. It's there. What does this mean? Luther would write in the small catechism, and they would say, actually, we fear, love, and trust God so that his name will be kept holy through us. And guess what scripture he got it from? As usual, Uncle Marty, he did a great job. He's a Bible scholar, right? He'd bring it out, and he'd put it right there because he wanted us to learn how to pray. And so this is what happens. He says, I will show myself holy through you. Now my question to you guys is, what does holy mean? Because a lot of us, please tell me we're not getting nasty. It's just flood warnings, don't worry. But um, you might hit mute on, on, on those things. But anyway, so it's no problem. But holy means different. It means set apart. Most people think holy means good. And yes, being good is typically quite different, so sometimes they overlap. But holy means different. See, because you can expect things, right? You can expect, I expect God would love me if I'm a good person. I wouldn't expect God to love me if I'm not. And yet, that's what he does. That's very different. It's very holy. I would expect people to love the people that love them, but I wouldn't expect people to love the people who don't. That's very different. That's unexpected. That's holy. We might even go so far as to say, we all like to tell the joke, that's weird, right? Who, that's weird. I got told that Monday night. I was with the family. They were in trouble, and we were with them, and we were, thankfully other people were helping, and they were like, this is kind of weird that you would do this. Yeah, that's called holy. Take a look at Ezekiel 36, verse 25, because how does it work? He says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you might be clean. No, no, no. You will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and all your idols. Sometimes we feel like, and I would argue more than sometimes, most times we feel like I have to sort of get myself right with God before I fill in the blank. Do you ever feel that way? 
And you know what? I think where it starts is I think we say, I have to get myself right with God before I pray. See, if I asked you, why don't you pray more? I mean, I already know the answer because I'm, I'm struggling with the same thing. And of course, for me, you know, I used to pray, you know, this much time, and then I prayed this much time, and maybe now I pray a little more, but that's only because I'm in trouble more often. You, you see what I'm saying? When you're out in front, you, know, you get in trouble more often. And so we pray when we're in trouble. And I, one time I heard a, a preacher preach, he said, you should pray not only when you're in trouble, but when you're happy. And I'm like, yeah, that's great, but what if you're in trouble all the time? I mean, I don't get that opportunity. And so I think one of the problems that we have is we don't believe this. You know, we would read right into those words. And when was the time you were sprinkled with water or dunked or however much water there was? I mean, that's when you were baptized. And this is the time that you knew. This is the time that God put His name on you. He put His name on you. Right? And so now you know that you are clean. You don't have to get right with God in order to pray. Here's how my prayer life goes. Oh, Jesus, I need you right now. My prayer, I pray that prayer a thousand times a day. Lord, oh my goodness, Lord. That's a prayer. And sometimes it is, Father, make your name holy because right now I'm not. You see how this works. Take a look at Ezekiel 36, 26. He says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. If you're looking for material to pray, this could be on the top ten list. Lord, you want to do that whole heart switch out? Because right now I need it. I need it every day. I need it every hour of every day. Sometimes more often than that. Because He will. He will give me a new heart, and then I will be like, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. And then I will open my eyes, and I will see something that either makes me mad, or creates lust, or creates cravings, or whatever. You may fill in the blanks, right? We all know how it works. And, and you know, we always used to, I used to always tell the joke, how righteous are you today? Because I'm in the upper 20 percentile. I'm 22% righteous at least, right? No, no, no. In Jesus, you're 100% righteous because his righteousness covers you. He gives you a new heart, a new spirit. Now take a look at verse 27. He says, I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep, me, keep my laws. You know, we know this is kind of a, you, you've heard the phrase, not my will, but thy will be done. But here's how it really works. Jesus is basically, the Lord is basically saying to you, you need to want to want what I want. And I'm going to give you the power to do it. I'm going to give you the power to do it. This is about faith. This is not about behavior. If our behavior was right, it won't be. But if it was right, our heart would still be messed up. He says, but my spirit will move you. I will give you the ability to want to want what I want. Take a look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. Because remember, the who means what. And so what that means is it's all about when he says he puts his name on you, he puts his name on me, that's what impacts what we do. The world always says what you do results in who you are. Did you hear that? The world says what you do defines who you are. So I can look out across the room and I can see different people who have different vocations, and we might even call them that, right? You could look out here, and I'm going to pick vocations I don't see, like plumber or electrician or, you know, president or whatever, you know, politician, whatever. And, and you know, I could look out there, and I could spot you guys, and I could say, no, that's, that's what the way the world works. God looks at you, hear me now, God looks at you, and he says, you're my kid. You're my child. I put my name on you. 
you see the difference that that makes? Do you see the power that that gives? It's not what you do defines who you are. It's who you are will impact certainly what you do. But it's who you are. And he says, For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom the whole family in heaven and earth derives its name. When we pray in the name of the Father or of the Son or of the Spirit, we pray in the name of Jesus. What we're, at, what we're saying to the world is what He is, who He is, defines what I am, who I am. It's not some kind of incantation. Like, okay, Lord, all right, help me, help me get an extra hundred bucks this week in Jesus' name. Right? It's like if I just said it, if I get pray for a hundred bucks, amen, it wouldn't work. But if I say in Jesus' name, then it works. It's like an incantation. It's like a little pixie dust. You know, it's Shazam, right? In Jesus' name is when I say I pray in Jesus' name, it's saying, and oh, by the way, help me love my enemies. Help me be the person I'm supposed to be. Help me in all those things that I fail in. I want to want what you want. That's what it means to pray in the name of Jesus. That's what it means because we get His name. And so, take a look at verses 16 and the first half of 17. He says, Paul says, by the power of the Spirit, I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power. Now, what is power? We always love to say this. Power is, is when you have the ability to make a change. So like if you're, if you're riding a bike up a hill and you're pedaling and you're running out of power, you no longer have the ability to get the bike up the hill. And everybody can, or maybe you're walking up the hill and you're running out of power. Or maybe you're driving up the hill and the car runs out of gas. I don't know. Power is the thing that makes it happen, that brings the change. We could talk about how... You know, the Greek word here is dunamis, so you can talk about how dynamite comes from that. So you put dynamite in a hill, it changes the hill, right? We've seen that all around Branson where they blow the hills up to make roads. This is what power is. It changes. How does God make a change? Not through dynamite, through His Spirit. Through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Guys, if you want to know how to pray, if you're like me and you're struggling how to pray, put your trust in Jesus. Cry out His name. Say, Jesus, I don't know how to pray. That whole Lord's Prayer thing, I'm trying. I'm trying, but I didn't grow up with that. I don't know how that works. Or maybe I did grow up with that and it feels like a robot talking. Help me do that. Help me ponder the words through faith. Take a look at the second half of 17 and also 18. He says, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in... See, this is the thing. If you have the Lord's Prayer down, but you don't have love, then you don't have the Lord's Prayer down. Is that you tracking with me? Or any prayer down for that matter. If we pray in Jesus' name, then we are rooted in love. And when we're not rooted in love, then we ask Him to help us be rooted in love. And He will. That's what He's doing right here. May, in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. If there's any Rich Mullins fans in the, in the crowd, you guys know of the song Eli, which is about this passage. And it's, it's about this person who, who's constantly trying to bring about this stuff because the song is about this little kid that's born, but he's saying, I pray that this kid will know this love. How wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. His love never ends. 
We said it last week when we were studying the Trinity. What is the Trinity? What is the fact that God is three persons and one God? It means He is this infinite community of love that He wants us to participate in, to, to join Him in, to go with Him in. Because if we can grasp that, grasp doesn't mean understand, just to, to just ponder, then what's in will come out. His Spirit will come out of you and out of me. Ephesians 3.19, he says, And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. When we talk about God's name, when we pray that His name would be made holy in us, this is what we're praying. We're praying, say, when we, so see, this is, this is my challenge to you. Is when you're praying the Lord's Prayer the next time, you say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. When you say that, I want you to see that you're asking, according to Scripture, you're asking Him to root His love, His power, to give you a new heart once again, so that you could participate in people knowing His holy name. Can we pray about that right now? Let's, let's go to Him and pray. Father, we ask You boldly, that you would help us participate in people knowing your name. We have been given your name, and we give you thanks for that. But sometimes we don't know how that unfolds. We feel a little uncomfortable sometimes if we're in a context where people know certain prayers and we don't. Or maybe we know them or we should have known them and we've struggled with them. Help us just be honest with you, with one another, and be free to learn prayer, to grow in prayer, to not hesitate, to not hold back and say, I don't know how to pray, so I can't. Help us learn to pray by saying, Father, let your name be holy right here, right now. Root me in your love. Grant me your peace. Remind me of your mercy and your grace. As we pray in the name of Jesus, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.